All right, we're rolling here, zero to 60 on the Bleed Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Uh, the afternoon show kicks off uh, today with the buff, my man, Ryan Konigsberg from DNVR, uh, joining us here on the show. DNVR Buffs is one of the best uh, the shows out there to cover the Colorado Buffaloes and all things Coach Prime. And Ryan and Jake are the guys that uh, that have just turned this into the mecca for all buff coverage. RK, welcome to the show, brother. I'm excited about being on DNVR later this afternoon, uh, and I, I am totally honored to have you on uh, on the first week here on uh, Zero to Sixty. What's up, Doc? Not much, man. <clears throat> Congratulations on the new show. Uh, yeah. Had to come support with, with the way that you've always uh, supported us at DNVR, man. That's the way it works, man. One one hand washes the other one. So, <laughs> uh, like I said, this is going to be bus heavy. We're going to go hot and heavy for about 25 minutes, wrap it up, and roll. So, remember to follow everything at Six Zero Academy on all the different platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and remember to go onto YouTube, subscribe, and pound that like button. Uh, we've had, like, over a 1,000 subscribers in a week, so... Again, thank you so much for all of that, and keep it going. Uh, make sure that you go to DNVR and follow all, all that they do there. RK, what's your Twitter handle? At Ryan Konigsberg. Good luck uh, Good luck spelling it. Yeah, have fun. Just pop, type in RK, <laughs> and it'll, it'll pop up. All there right, so go. let's there get into go. this. Right off the bat, the Buffs are moving to the Big 12. Um, you grew up as a Big 12 Buff fan. I grew up playing in the Big 12, and I was a Big 8 fan, but – they moved to the Big 12 in 96 when I was a freshman in high school, and I fell in love with it quick. Um, I think we're going home, even though home is different. It's not the same teams, but there are there are some very familiar squads. I was looking at the all-time records the other day that we have absolutely dominated in the past. So how excited are you about this, bro? And then – you know, where do you think this is going to go before we start talking about rivalries and games? Yeah, it's funny. It kind of reminds me of actually going home when I go back to Boulder and I'm like driving around and I'm like, wait a minute, where's Smelly Deli? Uh, where's, <laughs> you know, Avo's on the hill? Where's Cosmos? Like it, things have changed, uh, but it's still it is still home. And uh, it, it still gives you that little boost of nostalgia when you, when you, you know, uh in in the case of actually going home when you come over 36 and you see the mountains you're like ah here we are we're, we're home and when i saw that schedule drop yesterday that's how i felt i was like we're home we're back you know like seeing the kansas state logo on the schedule and oklahoma state and all of these different teams and then the fact that we also you know have nebraska next year just feels right um it's it's an interesting conference because it, it, it very obviously is missing one thing, uh, and that is a, a powerhouse. Um, and from a national interest perspective, um, that's going to hurt. Uh, but from a football perspective, it's going to be really, really fun uh, because you have <clears throat> a lot of good teams. Uh, and a bunch of teams that are, I think, on the verge of potentially being great. Um, but no one has claimed that title yet. And so the first few years of this new Big 12, to me, is like an arms race to get, to get that title next to you as the dominant powerhouse, the teams that can replace a Texas or Oklahoma um, you know, in, in terms of the dominant team of that conference. So for the Buffs, that makes it even more exciting for me. It's like you're coming in 
And you are as well positioned as any other team in this conference to say, hey, we're here uh, and we are the new leaders of this conference. And uh, and I think they absolutely have the uh, the ability to do that. And so that to me is what excites me the most about about the move. Yeah, I think the coach prime and the way he recruits and I mean, the, the guys they got coming in this week, going back to Texas. And then the, it's just, I think it might be stealing at that point. But what you said about Oklahoma, Texas leaving, you know, that, that hurts the conference. But adding the teams that they added, I think there's blood in the water, bro. Like Kansas State won it last year. They've won it a couple of times. If you look at the history of this conference, Colorado still has, they're tied with, I think tied with Kansas State with the most appearances in the Big 12 title game. We haven't been there in 15 years. So, yeah. I, th- I think that it's a very, a very opportunity-rich environment to say the least. So, like, if you're a sniper and you're looking for targets, there's targets everywhere. The thing is, I think a, a lot of the schools are trying to clamor for that. Like, well, we're going to be the next big dog, but I don't know. In a in college football, so much so much of it is about coaching and the personality you have at that spot. I think everybody in the conference is going to be worried about Coach Prime and what he can do uh, moving into the Big 12. Okay, so that said, um, you know, one of the things I saw yesterday on Twitter from a couple guys that I respect, Brian Howell is one of them, is that, like, you know, Colorado's kind of rivalous. And I don't agree with that. I think our rivals are just out of conference. But moving back into this conference, like, I think people have forgotten just how heated Kansas State and Colorado was for like ever. I mean, for a from the Big Eight when they weren't very good, but when Bill Snyder got to Kansas State, he built a powerhouse. And that game, especially when I played and, and even after, but when I played, that game was a absolute dogfight. And whoever, if you could beat Kansas State and you could beat Nebraska, you're winning your division. And I think that's the way it's going to be moving forward. If we I think that the Big 12 is going to set us up to play these people damn near every year. And we play them three out of the first four years. So I think they've identified that and said, look, that that was a very tension-filled football game back in the day. Do you think that's where we're going to go? Or is it going to be more the Stillwater route and maybe Oklahoma State becoming a big rival because they're losing Bedlam? They play that for the last time this weekend, which – I, I know how you feel, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma fans. Like losing a rival is pretty shitty. Yeah, it's it's interesting. If you're going to call Colorado rivalless now that they're moving to the Big Twelve, well, you should be calling them rival rivalless currently, right? Yeah. Because Utah never materialized to be anything uh, nope. that you know that the Pac-12 wanted it to be. It was super forced. The fact that they gave the rivalry a name, it was just like. Let's stop. Like, these things need to happen naturally. And I appreciate the Big 12 for saying, look, we have four natural rivalries that we are going to protect. Um, those exist. It's it's Utah-BYU, I think. It's Kansas-Kansas State. Um, it's a couple others. Um, and, oh, TCU and Texas – no, TCU and Baylor. Either TCU, way. Baylor, yep. Yeah, they're saying, look, these are the ones that exist right now. We're going to roll out these first four years. And if something new develops, then we'll add it to the slate of rivalries that should be protected. Um, Rather than what the Pac-12 did, which was like, oh, Colorado and Utah, you guys both have like mountains and shit. Um, Yeah, you guys are rivals now. Uh, Like, 
<laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it's, you know, Kansas State is one that existed. Iowa State is one that existed. Um, you know, uh, Oklahoma State, like you said, is there for the taking. But it's going to happen naturally. Um, I have a feeling Colorado is going to be playing in some really, really big football games next year. Um, and if you win one of those and it hurts someone else, okay, now you've got one. Then maybe the next year they come and get you. Like, these are how rivalries are built. Um, not based off of, you know, some guy in a suit saying, I think this makes sense. And the, the UCF game, I really going to Orlando next year, kicks ass number one. Yep. And I, I think that that was so smart by the big 12 going to make sure that they had roots in Florida. I know they're struggling and so is Cincinnati, but again, moving to a, a, a major conference, even though some people don't think the big 12 is a major, like, Oh, wow. Oklahoma, Texas will leave. Like, well, they're still in it this year, and that conference is deep. Um, and Cincinnati and USC are taking their lumps, and they'll get better. Gus Malzahn's a great coach. I think that, that that game specifically next year, to see Colorado potentially go to Florida like every two or three years, the recruiting opportunities, I love that. I, I think it's a big-time opportunity. How, how do you feel about the whole UCF-Florida connection here, especially with Coach Prime and the Buffs? Yeah, I mean, the second that I saw use at UCF on the schedule next year, I was like, all right, the Big 12's looking out for us. Road trip. Um, they're they're welcoming, welcoming us back with open <laughs> arms because you you let Coach Prime go into Florida uh, and play a game there, and it is going to make some noise on the recruiting trail. Uh, and, I mean, he says it. He's not afraid at all, and I appreciate it, of saying, hey, look, I want to recruit the entire country, but Florida – Florida boys, those are my guys. Um, and I, re I respect him saying that. Let him go in there um, and tell these kids, hey, look, I've got this amazing thing going on in Boulder, but also we're going to come back here and play a game every couple of years. Um, so you get to be in front of your family. But, you know, the fact that that is not only in Florida, but also a battle of black and gold, you just know that they're going to bring, like, the best possible uniform combination they oh, can yes. bring out there. And, you know, the fan bases are going to be saying, hey, whoever wins this, you know, we get to be the real black and gold school of the Big 12. So I'm excited for it. I think it's a fun one. It's obviously, um, from a geography standpoint, kind of a mess. Uh, but it, it benefits Colorado because of Coach Prime's ties in, in Florida. So I think while probably everyone else in the conference complains about it, uh, it's a duck for us. Now, nine conference games as well in the in the Big Twelve. I I I'm don't they only play eight conference games in the Pac twelve? No, they play nine as well. They do play nine. Okay. Do you yeah. think do you think that as we progress here, they're gonna play more conference games? Like do you do you think that we'll add games so we can cover more ground? Or do you think they're gonna stay at the twelve game, three non conference, nine conference? The COVID year when they played nothing but conference games, I thought that kicked ass. Like the SEC only played SEC schools. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I think college guys can play more than 12 games. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think you could have a situation where you go to 10 conference games only if you go to 13 regular season games. Uh, and like, you know um, – uh, TV executives across the country just lit up when I said that because yep. 
Uh, they don't care about anything except more games, more money, more games, more money. Um, and, and honestly, the schools will probably love it too because they'll, get, they'll add another home game to the slate. And there you go, more money for them as well. Um, you know, th- that always leads to the conversations about is this safe? Is this the best thing for the student athletes? And, um, you know, that's always a back and forth. That being said, as long as it's just 12, I think they'll keep it as nine conference games. Um, and sadly for Colorado, we don't have an in-conference rival. And so we need those non-conference games to get, you know, Nebraska, CSU on the schedule. Uh, maybe not every year, but, uh, you know, as often as possible, because those are the games that get the fan base the most fired up. I mean, next year's schedule, when it does come out and just how it lines up, North Dakota State at home, that's a that game scares the shit out of me because they've I've watched them go into Manhattan and beat Kansas State. So that's a really good football team that's going to come in here motivated. Going to Lincoln, the last time we went there was, I know you were there as well, the, the touchdown to LaVisca in the corner to shut that place up, that was – what it was just incredible. God damn, that was a good day. And then obviously the flea flicker game, an overtime game the next year, and then taking two years off and then beating the shit out of them this year. That's three in a row. So going in Lincoln next year and then not knowing when we're going to play them again, the paramount and importance on that game is through the roof. And then the takeover of Canvas next year when we do go to, to CSU. I expect every Buffalo fan out there, if you are not up there in black and gold coding that that campus and stadium then shame on you but then when you look at the big 12 schedule like the five home games and those home games are baylor and kansas state and utah and and oklahoma state i'm like i'm i was like having like nostalgia bro like cincinnati i'm sitting here like holy shit i'm gonna be able to go watch kansas state see you next year at home in a conference game and I, I have so much respect for that place, RK. They recruit the shit out of the state of Colorado. We have a great player at the at, at six zero this year named uh, Jake Stonebreaker, who's going to go there and play for them. If they from Reisner to Stonebreaker to you know the the bit the John Pastore kid from Erie, the Blake Barnett kid, they recruit the hell out of this place. And Colin Klein's they had got the Colin. yep the quarterback. I was going to say yeah, oh, he's a, and I I think that when Kleiman does move on, whenever that is, which could be forever that Klein's probably the next head coach of Kansas State and should be. The way that they develop and play, I, I just love everything about it. And I, that, I really, really, really think that that's the pinpointed, like, if we want to tag somebody and go, okay, that we need to fight this bully every day, I think that's the one we go after. Um, if you could pick between Oklahoma State and Kansas State, who would you want to identify as the rival before we move on? <clears throat> the only thing I would say is that, Kansas State already has their natural rival in Kansas that is still in the conference. Um, And because of that, I kind of like the fact that, you know, Oklahoma State and us are both, um, for lack of a better term, single, uh, you know, and and looking around. So I think uh, I think I would choose Oklahoma State, but I think whoever it is, it could end up being UCF like that just, you know, could be the way it develops naturally. So uh, I don't want to force it, but Oklahoma State, you know, is one that I think if you go in there, um, it's more of a recruiting hotbed than Kansas is. Um, and so, you know, if you can go in there and have a rivalry with them, and, you know, obviously they're close to Texas, you got a lot of people paying attention down there. Uh, maybe that's a little more valuable. Hey, so last question here on the new Big 12. How do you think the other three 
Pac-12 teams are going to fare because we we know where we're going. Like from a fan standpoint, we understand the traction. We understand the Midwest roots. We know what kind of football we're getting into. And we I think most Buff fans are really, really pumped about this. But if you're Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State, you're, I mean, you're entering a totally new realm here. Like there's no more West Coast. There's They're going to be traveling east now, not north, and, and just staying home. How do you think Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are going to fare in the new Big 12? It's a, it's a really interesting question because all, I kind of like the direction that all of the programs are pointing. Um, Arizona State's obviously the worst right now of the bunch, but I like Kenny Dillingham. Like I've been, you know, watching their games. They get a lot of those late Pac-12 games, which I watch all of them. Uh, and dude, those guys really fight for him. Uh, and and he draws up some game plans. I mean, they were there with USC. They were there with Washington. So I think they have a great coach and and uh, he, you know, I think he's going to build that. Um, Arizona, like, geez, they're they've got everyone in the Pac-12, um, you know, a little bit on their heels right now because they've gone in and beat two ranked teams in the last three weeks, I believe it is. Um, so, I like where these programs are going. And then Utah, you know, they they did it in the Mountain West. They've done it here. Um, they've been successful for feels like twenty years straight, uh, at least. So. The only thing I'll say about them is they have built their program on being tougher than all of the West Coast, you know, uh, pretty boy football, as I'm sure they would call it. Uh, and so they say, hey, we're going to walk in, we're going to punch USC in the mouth, and they're not going to know what to do. We're going to walk in, we're going to punch Oregon in the mouth, they're not going to know what to do. Um, the Big 12 is not the ground and pound conference it was uh, when you played, Matt. No, but- it's not. But it is a little bit of a different breed of football. You're not going to be able to say, "Oh, these these coastal boys can't handle the weather" or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like Kansas State knows what it's like to play in the cold and uh, and need to to tough it out. So that's the one thing I believe they're losing a little bit of an advantage there of just like being able to say we're the toughest team in the conference. Uh, but that being said, they're still they have a, a culture. They have a. a um, a identity that they've stuck with for a really long time and they have the same coach that they've had for a really long time. So I don't think they're going to necessarily just fall off out of nowhere, but it is going to be different for them to not be able to just say like, uh, all of you guys are soft uh, and you know, we're playing big boy football. Well, I'm glad they're going with us. I, you know, I, I went out to Salt Lake at the beginning of the year. My son had a recruiting trip out there and I was, I was pretty impressed. I mean, that, that, that place is pretty cool. So I'm glad they're coming with us in the Arizona schools. Uh, we'll see how they fare when, you know, Arizona's got to go to like Iowa State in December, in like November one year. That'll be yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving forward here on zero to sixty on the Believe Network. Uh, I'm your host Matt McChesney. As always, that's RK from DNVR. Uh, we will be on DNVR Bus as well today, so make sure you check that out. Uh, the the absolute mecca for all your Colorado coverage. Let's get into this game on Saturday night. The Bus have another eight a.m. kick or eight p.m. kick. Good God. Um, the last time Oregon State came here, they were ranked, and a CU team that I thought was worse than this one by far really took it to them and won the game. Uh, it was a big time win for for Coach Durrell at that point. Uh, the year before, they actually had everything fall apart at one and eleven. Um, I think that this is a massive opportunity for Coach Prime, being almost fourteen point dogs at home and being disrespected, in my opinion. You know, they got all their shit stolen last week. 
people are starting to turn on him a little bit in the national media. A lot of people are like, I told you this was all a fraud, which I think is all bullshit. Um, before you start going, you know, I was on a team when I was a senior that was four and four going into November with a one and three conference record that started three and oh, and we finished pretty strong at, and played in the big 12 title game. I'm not saying that they're going to play in the Pac-12 title game. That's not realistic. But I do see a, a, a road to winning three of the next four games, and it starts with Oregon State on Saturday night. Uh, what? How do you feel about this one? How do you feel about the 8 p.m. kick? And uh, where do you think CU goes uh, from here? Yeah, it's funny with the 8 p.m. kicks because I am of two minds. Um, as the person who has to do a post-game show after the game, I hate it. Uh, it means I'm, yeah, it means I'm probably getting home 2, 3 a.m. Um, as a fan, I like it better than the 10 a.m. because you can have a real tailgate atmosphere. Um, you know, you get to go out there and hang out, get the grill going like that. To me, that's what it's all about. So I love that part of it. I would love to just meet in the middle and say, hey, let's have a five o'clock start or, uh, you know, three thirty start. Uh, but we haven't been able to uh, be so lucky. Uh, as for the game. To me, this is a simple one. It's going to come down to can they protect. Um, and to the credit of this offensive line, who has been very maligned and, and rightfully so at a lot of points during this season, in the, in the weeks after they have been the worst, they have been the, at their best. Um, and I think it was after the – what game was this? After Oregon. They played really well against yes. that season. That's exactly what it was. It was after Oregon. They got smacked around against Oregon. Everyone set, was saying, you know, this is this is the weak link of the team. And, you know, uh, if they're going to lose to USC because the offensive line can't hold up. And at the time, USC was leading the nation in sacks coming into that game. Well, they bowed their backs and said, okay, enough is enough. We're not going to have our names, you know, uh, dragged through the mud like this. And they played really well against USC. Their best game of the season, probably. Um, 41 man they they balled in that comeback and all they did was throw the ball so it's not like they yep. can't do it it's just the consistency is not there exactly so i know they're taking this personally coach prime said he had a meeting with them individually just him and the offensive line um and you know i'm sure cleared the air about the comments after the game that everyone wanted to freak out and lose their minds over because we want coaches to be honest and then when they're honest we we, we can't believe it and lose our minds um, I mean, I I thought what he said was incredibly productive. Yeah, it was. It was just honest. Like it was true. Like you know, and I'll say I, I guarantee you we talk about this on your show later today too. But I put up a video on Twitter that got a lot of lot of traction, like four hundred thousand views, and God knows how many retweets. And Coach Prime, an hour after the game, on the bus while he's eating Popeyes, reached out and was like, "Thank you for your honesty. We got to get this fixed. I'm sick of it. Yada yada." Not mad at me because I criticized my alma mater, a place that I love. He knows that. He said, thank you. You're right. Yep. We got to fix this. That's a that's a grown-ass man fucking coach right there that's, like, really confident in what he's doing that doesn't – he's not running from criticism. He's, like, he's saying, like, you know what? That this guy played. He knows what he's talking about. I respect it. He's right. You're right. Let's go yep. fix it. And then what did they do when they when they said they were going to fix it? They started getting commits from JUCO studs, and they got the the number one player in the country, a five star. Who 
I mean, he plays right next to Brett Cool J, who who's on his way to Alabama this year. Good played with Valor. Brett's the guard. Seaton's the tackle. Like, if you don't think I'm trying to massage that relationship and get that dude, you're crazy. So it's I think what he said was incredibly productive and honest. And I can't believe people went the other way on it. I just can't. I mean, I can because they'll go the other way on literally anything Coach Prime does. Uh, we've got people out here trying to justify robberies um, because you they, don't, they don't want to be on the side of Coach Prime. Like uh, I was on Coach JB show and he's like, don't wear your stuff there. And I'm like, wait a second, bro. So I can't wear a watch and a chain and look nice going to a game because somebody might steal it. And you're, the answer is don't wear it. Why would I even want it? Yeah, I mean, they learned a hard lesson that, you know, there, and, and I feel bad for them. But the lesson was not don't wear your chains to the game. The lesson was have a safe or, you know, a better way of protecting it. Um, like, have your own security. Don't trust the Rose Bowl security. Whatever it is, the lesson Why was not like don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, every person who has ever showed up for a game in their life knows you want to look fly. Showing up to the game, Coach Prime says it himself: "Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, pay good, play good, they pay good." Uh, so, like, I don't know. That's was, so. Like I said, they will go opposite of Coach Prime no matter what he says. But you know this, Matt. Every single coach in the country would would openly tell their players, "My job is to recruit better players than you and bring them here to take your jobs. Your job is to stop them from being able to take that job." When you get that effect, everyone gets better. Iron sharpens iron. That's how you create a program. Thanks. All right. So prediction time. And then we'll get you out of here. And I can't wait for DMVR buffs. Everybody, make sure you go follow them on YouTube as well. And we're live streaming it today at 145. It's the best show out there. We mecca for Colorado Buffalo coverage. Um, do you think the buff? I mean, I know what you're going to say. You're not going to pick Oregon State. But. Try, try and give everybody a non-biased take, and I will do the same as we pick the winner. Like I said, to me, it comes down to the offensive line. They are going to have a chip on their shoulder this week. Um, Oregon State's trenches are no joke. Um, you know, I feel like I a broken record, but in the end, this is football. They have to win the battle in the trenches. Um, and if they can protect Shador, I've, I've kind of given up on the idea of if they can run the ball successfully. Um, they need to run it a little bit, but it's going to come down to can they protect Shador. If they can do that, he is good enough to lead them to a victory. Uh, and that's definitely simplifying it down. But to me, that's what this team is about. Their identity is Shador Sanders. It's if we go as he goes. And if we protect him and we give him a chance to go win us the football game, he's going to do it for us. So, uh I think the offensive line goes out there and plays well. I, I'm hoping that there's a little more scheming of protection. Um, I think their hands are tied a little bit because they don't have two tight ends that they like, so they're not going to put two tight ends out there on the field. Uh, and I think Michael Harrison has done a fantastic job as a pass catcher converting from wide receiver, but he really, really struggles to block people. So it's like you, you're not really – the reward of keeping two tight ends in and saying, hey, we're going to go max protect isn't really there because you, your tight ends, you don't trust them to actually block. Right. So they're a little right. bit uh, tied up from a scheme perspective of what they can do to scheme protection. But I think there's more out there than what they have tried thus far. So maybe they get a little bit more into that. Um, and I would love to see them get under center a little bit 
just to throw out a different look there that other te- you know that teams haven't seen yet. Uh, but in the end, if they protect Shador, if they give him the opportunity to go win him a football game, he's going to absolutely keep him in him. And there's not a player in the country that I want with the ball in his hands late in a game uh, rather than Shador. So that's that's my uh, path there. Keep, you know, protect him well enough to let him go score and keep you in it uh, and give him the ball late in the game to go win it for you. And, yeah, the, the defense has been playing a lot better. I, they really showed me something last week with four turnovers, the way they played, the way they hit, the way they rallied. I love Ward at safety and Woods at linebacker. That's that's changing your personnel and and playing to your strengths. I need Coach Lewis to do it on offense, like you just said. I, the same way that they went to TCU and TCU didn't have tape and they didn't know what they were getting into, well, damn it, you can do that to Oregon State on 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 Saturday night at 8 p.m. too by changing up a little bit what you're throwing at people, how they're seeing it. You know, self-scouting is so important in this game, and I really hope that they did it. Uh, and, and I think they did. I mean, I, the coaching staff out there is elite, and they can't be happy with what happened last week, and I know Coach Prime wasn't. So I think that they do fix it. There's a lot of pride on that offensive line, like you said. Those kids want to play better, and they will. I mean, it, it's just – it's natural. They're going to go out and play better than they did at home in front of a home crowd that is just dying for a win uh, to, to get the bus right. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I do agree with you that if they play well on the offensive line, okay, I there's absolutely no reason to think they can't score as many points as they want because Shador is that guy. So – it, it look, it, it it is going to be a dogfight. Oregon State is fighting for their lives. They lost at Arizona last week. So we'll see what happens. But brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't wait for DMVR buffs this afternoon. That is Ryan Koningsberg. I am Matt McChesney. This is Zero to 60 on the Believe Network. Thank you for watching, folks. And uh let's go Buffaloes. Let's go buffs. Amen, brother. Peace. <laughs>